0: (laughs) Oh.
1: Hello and welcome to the post game on W.E.R.W. This is our third episode in the studio. I'm your host Ryan Tabb here with Charlie Desterko and A.J. Gersh. What up, what up? what's up, guys? What's up? How are we doing today?
2: We are wonderful. Better Fantastic. than ever. Back at it. Love it.
1: We've got a lot going on today. Uh, a lot to discuss after a big weekend in sports. Primarily the All-Star game is what we're going to start off with. The NBA All-Star game. It was a fun weekend. Lots going on. Three-point contest, dunk contest, Um, And then the game itself, Team LeBron versus Team Steph, which we did pick in the betting table last week. What did you guys think of the game? It was fun to watch, right? It was a good game.
2: Definitely a good game. Definitely the best game that I've seen in recent memory. I mean, what it all comes down to is there was actual defense played, especially at the end of the game. There was some defense there at the last possession by LeBron, and they cornered Steph and got the win. But great defense in the All-Star game this year.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing was uh, basically, you know, LeBron came back strong at the end, and that was the biggest thing. And then, you know, I, I think the most important thing, and I think the one that we all want to talk about is how about that national anthem?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> Fergie Fergie blew the national anthem. We'll get there in one second. I just want to say, I think it, kind of like what you were saying, AJ, it was nice to finally see the players trying in in the All-Star game. So I, 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 was really, I was really enjoying the end of it, especially, you know, it looked like they had something to lose. It looked like they had something to play for. The end where the dead ball went off of Joel Embiid's foot. They reviewed it. They said it went off KD. Clearly it didn't. Big no call, and LeBron was at the scorer's table arguing that. Definitely seemed like they had uh, some pride in winning that game. So I I was definitely enjoying watching that last night. Yeah, Um,
2: let me just talk about for a minute, while we're on the topic of Joel Embiid, the NBA Skills Challenge, which I love the fact that they've incorporated big men into that in recent years. But uh, if you look back at the tape, at Joel Embiid during the last run, he actually cheated. He didn't no, hit. No,
1: no, 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 no. He wasn't a cheat. He. I know what you're saying. He didn't hit the, the pass. He didn't hit the pass into the bucket there. But apparently, my understanding is that you either hit the pass or you shoot all three balls. So at the end, he just threw the last one aside to count as his like last uh, attempt. So, so, so he was actually gaming it. He's he was smart, gaming it. Yeah, yeah you got to give him credit for that. I thought he was cheating at first <laughs> as well.
2: Joel Embiid. What a guy there.
1: Yeah. Uh, the process. Trust it. Oh, yeah. Do we trust, I trust. It? trust the I trust. Do we trust the process? hundred percent. All right. So, yeah, Fergie's National Anthem. Charlie, I know you wanted to talk about that a
3: little bit. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was, I was at home or uh, laying in bed, and I just went on Instagram because uh, one of my friends came out to me and goes, dude, have you heard Fergie's National Anthem? And I was like, no. And he's like, you got to go look at it. Everyone's blowing up on Twitter and Instagram about it. And I go, and I see Draymond Green laughing, Steph Curry laughing, LeBron dying. Like I'm like, wow. And I, I just listened to it and I was like, I would be dying as like a fan Ch- uh, chance the rapper was even putting his his hands through his face. It was just yeah. unbelievable.
2: I, I was just sitting watching watching that opening. so so for those of you who didn't watch the All-Star game, Kevin Hart was kind of the MC. Uh, for the pregame with Rob Riggle, which <laughs> I have no idea why. First of all, Rob, why is Rob Riggle so involved in the sports community now? First, he has the SPs. Yeah, I have a lot of questions to begin, but but that intro just dragged on so long. I was just ready for some basketball, and, and I didn't even laugh during it. And then Fergie came out and gave some, gave some great comedic uh, pressure there right before the game with her rendition of the National Anthem. Absolutely ludicrous that she comes out there. I I feel like it was almost disrespectful, but it was funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think she tried to put her own spin on it. I I want to give her the credit See, of at like, least saying you, that's you should, why. You should
2: sing the song the way that Francis Scott Key wrote the song to be sung.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even if you're like, I mean, it's okay to put a little spin on it, right? To hold certain notes in your own way or to 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 elevate certain parts of the song. But the way she did it just sounded like it
2: was not fergalicious. No. It was not. Oh, not, 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 not at all. It was not
1: fergalicious. But. Uh, to to talk about the actual All-Star competition specifically the skills challenge, which you were talking about as far as Joel Embiid kind of right. cheating or gaming the system on that one. Well,
2: we, we finally figured out that Spencer Dinwiddie exactly. is the most skilled player in the NBA. So Spencer just, Dinwiddie is awesome.
1: I want to go on the record <laughs> and say that Spencer Dinwiddie was my pick to win the skills challenge when it started. And I only say that because I was at the Pac-12 tournament like seven years ago and watched him ball out for Colorado and that was, I just loved his last name. I remember the announcer came on over the, over the megaphone and, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie. And I was like, what's this guy's last name? You know, and I, I kind of <laughs> right. fell in love with him for no reason. So I picked him not because I'm smart, but just because I wanted to. Well, um, you, you
3: give yourself some credit. I I'll, I'll give That's myself a pretty, pretty smart. Pick. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll take a little credit. For He's it.
3: also doing unbelievable for the Nets right now.
1: But the dunk contest also, right? Oh. We have to look at the dunk contest. Have all the good dunks been done? Is that I, the problem?
2: I think the problem that we're faced with today is there's just you know been so many dunk contests with so many players that everyone's done dunks. They've repeated dunks. They've done them three times. And I thought the best part about this dunk contest was the one dunk. That I've never seen happen before. And that was when Larry Nance Jr. threw it off the backboard, oh, that was midair, awesome. caught it, did a double tap off the backboard, and then went into a slow windmill dunk. I thought that that was the best dunk of the night. And, you know, I, I'm a little biased because I really thought Donovan Mitchell was going to win going in. But uh, I really think that should have won Nance the contest. That,
3: that that dunk was was awesome. I mean, that, the announcers, if you're watching that, the announcers didn't even know that he even threw the ball off the backboard until they watched the replay. Yeah, you right, had
2: to watch. He,
1: he, he was saying, "Yo, watch, watch the slow mo. Exactly. Watch the replay." Right after he did it, he came off and was like pointing at the camera yeah, and everything. You
3: thought just a little tap and then dunk, but no, he actually threw it off, it, caught it, which is like unbelievably. Yeah, it hard. all
1: happened so quickly. The the dunk off the other backboard too was a really fun that, one to yeah, start yeah. first round
3: the, Fr- from Mitchell. Then. The only yeah. thing that I that I think, and this is the one thing that I'm very confused about is just uh, the NBA is getting more athletic all around. So there should be more opportunities to showcase different dunks. I know obviously you got to be more creative with it, but these guys are so athletic that there should be more ways to just show that athleticism off. Like when Dwight Howard did the free throw line dunk, like that that was something that, that was unbelievable. And like, they just have those that now that athleticism that they have now and you just need to just work on that and use your creativity for it.
2: You know what I thought was a little bit ridiculous? Donovan Mitchell brings out, well first of all I think it's cool that he brought out his kids for a dunk, but during the same dunk he brought out Kevin Hart. And then he tells Kevin Hart and his kids to crouch down. Listen, (laughs) Kevin Hart is four foot eleven, for all I know. (laughs) On a good day. On a good day. So why in the world are you asking the shortest entertainer in the biz to crouch down to do a dunk? He did impress, and he did end up eventually winning the contest. But I thought that that was a little funny.
1: I'm right there with you. And you know, I think he—I think it was his sister he brought out with Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart's son. Correct. Right. 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 And so after the dunk, right? Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart's son are taking photos, and they're—you know—they're being all cool, and it. Watching his sister so uncomfortable because she didn't, like, (laughs) know them and she didn't really know where to go was, like, cringeworthy, but I loved it at the same time because she just was very out of place right there. It's also interesting because
3: Kevin Hart, uh, I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl, but Kevin Hart tried getting onto the the podium and and was denied. Then all of a sudden now he's in the All-Star game. You you know, it's just unbelievable. He's he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's he's just the sports guru now, just loves showing himself off.
1: I mean, I can imagine if I was a celebrity of his caliber – the amount of times I would play the celebrity card just to do stuff. Like, I mean, I, it annoyed me when he tried to get on the stage for the Super Bowl win because I'm like, this is their moment. Let yeah. them enjoy it. You didn't do anything to contribute to this. But at the same time, if I was Kevin Hart, I'd be all over that. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. I'd be walking around it was trying really to get really
2: funny. In anyway. uh, and shout out to another one of the uh, podcasts in our sports universe. But this is a quote from part of my take regarding Kevin Hart. They said, I feel like there's a Rooney rule. But for Kevin Hart, for those of you who don't know, the Rooney rule is the rule – where uh, NFL teams are required to interview one African-American uh, head coach candidate uh, when there's an opening. And then they continue to say, if there's a movie or TV show that does not feature Kevin Hart, you have to give Kevin Hart a chance to interview for it. Exactly. That's just a fact. He's it it kind of seems
1: to be the case. But overall, it was a fun All-Star weekend, I'd say. And I think that they, the NBA kind of got what they wanted out of the All-Star game with a good battle down the totally. stretch.
2: And I thought it was just amazing that both teams were contributing to, to philanthropies of their choice. I mean, LeBron giving to the, uh, the after-school program of L.A. is pretty awesome. And those kids out there on the court after the All-Star game, when he received the MVP award, they just had a look in their eyes that I haven't seen before. So happy for those kids. So happy for LeBron making those kids' days.
1: Yeah, it was a great weekend, and those guys really did contribute a lot. Uh, with that being said, let's talk a little bit about Syracuse basketball and their tournament hopes. This past week, Syracuse lost... Uh, to NC State, which was disappointing. Horrible. A horrible but they bounced horrible back, loss. baby. But they bounced back with a seven-point win at Miami. What did you guys see from the Cues, and uh, what do you think their tournament hopes are at this point in their season? The,
3: the biggest thing that surprised me is that they lost to NC State. I was at the game, and you just watched O'Shea set pop off, and he was unconscious. And then Syracuse just broke down in the last minute of play. Like every, the 2-3 the, the, the zone was not working at all. They were making all the threes. Uh, it, it was just unbelievable how bad of a defensive effort the last few minutes were. And it's just, you know, when you're Syracuse and you're fighting for a tournament game, that was a must-win game. Like, you need to beat Absolutely. NC State. You need to beat uh, Miami, and they did. And you need to beat Boston College, of course. And then you needed to upset either UNC, Clemson, or Duke. And they just now have to—they likely have to beat two of those three now. Right. I know, AJ, you and I were talking about this yeah. earlier and how they have to do that.
2: Right. We, we were talking a little bit about this before the show started, before we came on air, about how— Syracuse is right on the right on the bubble once again I know we're all juniors here since we've gotten to school Syracuse has been the ultimate bubble team making it our freshman year and making that awesome run to the final four and then not getting into the tournament last year but this year I really do believe that if we have a shot to make the NCAA tournament the Orange have to go and beat North Carolina in the Dome on Wednesday and then have to come back out and win either against Duke or or Clemson, and especially beat Boston College. That's almost like a trap game to me.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's important that they win all their winnable games at this point, and now because they lost one of those winnable games against NC State, you got to make up for that in another way, which isn't going to be easy. To me, the worst part about that NC State game is Syracuse had the game won a solid three times in that game, I would say. I mean, there were points where they had an 8, 10, 13-point lead and uh, continually allowed... Uh, nc state to get back into the game and then ended up having to rally at the end of the games at the end of the game themselves so when you're not able to play consistently for 40 minutes especially at the end of those 40 minutes it's a lot um especially at home especially Especially. at home
3: you can't can't go to the the carrier yeah you can't go to the carrier dome and expect and take that lead and then blow it and then when O'Shaper set hits that game tying three uh with like a minute left that's when you need to stop that defensive possession and hold the ball and take that lead. And Syracuse just was unable to make that last stop. They were, they were unconscious from three NC state give them credit, right? They, they were making all their threes that uh, they were, they were beating Syracuse bad, especially down the stretch. And it was just a, it was just a game where they, they broke, they broke apart.
2: Yeah. I, well, I definitely commend uh, the orange and Jim Boeheim's team for taking that loss and turning it into something positive in Miami, uh, you know, going and getting that win from a past 20 top 25 team. I know they just slipped out of the top 25 this week, but that's honestly a big resume builder for the, for the tournament deciders.
1: Right. I mean, I think it, it furthers that notion of is this team good enough to make the tournament? I think, you know, one of the unfortunate, but at the same time fortunate things about the NCAA tournament is that you're going to have teams snubbed who aren't as bad as worse than 68th in the country, be it that 68 teams are going to be competing in the tournament. Correct. Because you have to give spots to certain teams from smaller conferences. So, like, there's not – it's not really a conversation of whether or not Syracuse is a top 68 team in the country. Right. I, I think that we could
2: all agree that th- that is a probably a fact, that they are a top 68, 70 team in the country. Exactly.
1: But the fun of the conversation becomes, are they – one of the top 68 teams that needs to be put in the tournament.
2: Yeah, I'm
3: Ken Palm. I don't know if you guys follow Ken Palm at all, but that's like he's Ken Pomeroy is like the main guy that does all the statistics sure. and all that. Yeah. Shut he has Ken Syracuse. Palm. Yes, he has Syracuse strength as the 45th best team in the country.
1: Right, which, and I would say that's pretty accurate. His uh, First of all, his rankings are like the gold standard to some degree, oh, of course. as far as college basketball is concerned. Totally. I, I mean, I think it's pretty fair to say Syracuse is the 45th best team in the country. They've competed with top 25 teams. They haven't really competed with the best teams on their schedule. And for the most part, they've beaten teams that, they they should be not that they could be but that they should be the issue was that there are certain auto bids for certain uh, conferences there are teams that you need to put in even though you know they're not that competitive you need to give them an opportunity and it's the beauty of college basketball as compared to maybe college football where you're really looking at the four best teams for the playoff we're looking at the 68 most tournament ready teams not the 68 best teams.
3: i mean the other thing that uh i mean if you look at their remaining schedule they're gonna have to play clemson at Clemson, top which twenty-five, is, and not only are they top twenty-five, but they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. Right. Which
1: does not bode well for a two-three no. team. No,
3: and then you're looking at going into Cameron Door and having to upset Duke. Sheesh. I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Duke, who just went in and beat well, Clemson. you, you yeah.
2: can never count out a, a one-sided rivalry game.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Is, is, well, is, is an that's, understatement. That's the
2: way you know. Coming from an or- Baltimore Orioles fan, I am the king of one-sided rivalry games. One-sided rivalry against the Red Sox, always. One-sided rivalry against the Yankees, always. And then those two teams hate each other. It's kind of like a similar thing between Syracuse, Duke, UNC. We hate both of them, but they don't really give a you-know-what about us. Right, they're way too concerned (laughs) with
1: each other and mean, meanwhile Georgetown's clinging on to our rivalry with them. And we hate Georgetown, so we got, you know, but we're trying to grow the rivalry with Duke and yeah. I, I think right. the, the recent think games can. with Duke have contributed to that. I mean, to oh my degree, you have the, to
2: the, the win in the carrier dumb that the orange took home last season against Duke. John was, Gillen was, with the buzzer it, is one three. of the highlights of my college experience.
1: Right there with you. I was I was dead on behind the basket and that shot went up and it, the first thought in my head is there's no way this goes in, but like if it does I can't imagine what's and then I, I you know, banked I in. lost my mind exactly I wasn't exactly. even there I was
3: so it, sad that I wasn't even. where were there. you I was at the do. I was, uh, I was I was I was I was I had the, the post coverage daily orange baby a working Stop man that. yeah no I was it was horrible you I missed I missed all the court stormings that year I missed the football court storming man, I didn't I, make it to Clemson either it was just it's just an overall rough time for me <laughs> yeah, the
2: Syracuse football storming after the win against Clemson was just awesome my parents were up we were here we were sitting on the second level Unfortunately, we didn't get to go down and watch the field, but there was just such a cool aerial view of seeing thou- like yeah. a sea of orange down on the field.
1: I didn't go to the Clemson game, which I'm bummed about, and the reason I didn't go is because it was Parents Weekend, so all my friends I usually go with had their parents in town, so they had like separate Parents Weekend tickets, and right, I didn't right. really feel like going by myself. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, "Really? Like the one yeah, game I decided not to go to? We're <laughs> gonna beat Clemson?" But I think I read after that game the most Syracuse story. You can possibly imagine. there was a guy who jumped off like the second or third level to like storm the field. Storm the field. And he he was—he wasn't (laughs) a student. It was a local, and he was just like I was so excited. He broke like a classic townie, right? He broke both his legs. If you read the piece, you can look it up online. I'm sure you know the the do wrote about it or something. I'm sure there's an article about it because I I read it somewhere. But just the way it's written is really funny too. And his reaction—he's like, "Yeah, I would do it again." Like, you know he was just all for it he was like I was that excited it was in the moment and I think Dino went to the uh, hospital to visit him at some point, which was pretty good that, that, yeah, yeah that.
3: that that reminds me of uh I think it was at Travis Scott concert a few a uh, few months ago. my yeah, brother was May, telling May me about there. it and if, and like Travis was like, yo jump down and like the guy jumped from like the second level and like broke his legs and like and like the when the med- as the medical unit was like t- uh, t- uh tailing to him and they were picking him up and all that Travis Scott went over and gave him like a gold watch that he had a Rolex, or whatever. So, so where was this? So, so Travis so it was Scott, at one of his concerts. Travis I think.
2: Scott tells this guy to jump off a balcony and all he gives him is a watch and that that I,
1: watch is probably like thirty, forty thousand dollars. It definitely <laughs> probably
2: covered his medical expenses.
1: <laughs> this is how I'm gonna parent my kids in the future. Not if your friends jump off a bridge are you gonna do it, but if Travis Scott tells you to jump off the second level, are you gonna do it for a gold watch in return?
3: A hundred percent. Medical oh bills paid God. for. You got six months and two casts, but you got to go watch Travis Scott. It's a great Travis story, Scott. too. I mean, oh, yeah. I
1: mean, definitely a good party story. And like you said, you get to meet Travis Scott. You get to get his watch. Did you guys go to Travis Scott's performance at the Dome last uh, year? I was, in I, US, was
3: I was in North Carolina for the uh, ACC tournament for the cross. A working man. Dude, dude I, it was, I, I miss everything that's good Apparently, to this place. <laughs> that's what it seems like. Unbelievable. That was a lot it's of Mr. Fun, Daily Orange yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good thing I'm done right now, a and I'm just enjoying here. my life. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we're going to head to break, and we'll be back in a couple minutes to talk the NFL draft, the betting table, and a weekend update. And we will see you
0: then. Things you shouldn't know I heard you flexing on them, yeah you wanna mix it up But fuck it, baby, no great. You never switch it up two times Last night you showed me all the wretched shit that you learned I showed her how to treat a Lambo like a new bird Dancing naked on a table, that's the true her. It was a vibe if you wanna know I heard you got too late last night Purple with your purple spray, and girl you think you're bright. I heard you sussing on it. A- I heard you got too late last night. Damn, it Mixing purple with your purple sprite. Things you shouldn't know. I heard you sussing on them, yeah. You say you sick of love. Fucking baby, know them great. I heard you got to the last night it, up. Mix it purple with your purple sprite.
1: And we are back on W E R W. This is the post game, and uh, I was walking over here before the show, and I saw a giant nut driving down Comstock. And when I mean a nut, I mean a giant a literal, peanut a nut. A like literal, a literal like
3: a, peanut, like a 20-foot peanut. That's hilarious because that's actually my friend. He, he he actually your friend is the peanut. My, my friend is the guy that drives the, pla- the peanut planters' mobile. He actually so he's been listen to this actually this is actually really interesting. He's been driving around. The world. He's been in nineteen different America, nineteen different states so far, driving a twenty-six foot long peanut on wheels. This is his job for a year. He he, he is recruiting kids now from Syracuse because he's a Syracuse student. He is he's driving around just trying to recruit people. He has like the big Planters peanut recruit guy recruit people around for, for for Planters to be to be the next guy that drives to the be peanut the next mobile.
2: nut the, the nutmobile.
3: <laughs> yeah, essentially, it's just like they literally just hire two people every year. To drive around America and recruit people to join like planters and to like know more about planters. So how well, do you know this kid? He he was in my fraternity. Oh, he was, so he's it, actually our president. So,
1: okay, so you knew him and he graduated. Now he's the nut. Yeah, so he now
3: graduated. Right. <laughs> yeah, now he's like the nut man. Yeah. How much does he make for being the nut? Ah, uh, that that I don't know that yet. I haven't Undis- asked. I'm undisclosed But I mean, you get, but like he he gets like salary, benefits, and like also a lot of the stuff is ex- expense paid for. So like he goes like ba- he went to baseball games over the summer so and they he's were paying for. That. Yeah, ba- he's basically traveling, taking a year off, making money and getting benefits to drive a peanut mobile. So his
1: fellow nut uh is his fellow nut like his friend? No, or? she's
3: she's I met her last night. She's actually like just like of another person that just So got another high. random another, nut another two <laughs> random nuts, the two random nutty people just basically came together. And now they're driving a 26-foot uh, peanut mobile around. Yeah, it,
2: it kind of reminds me of you. Do you remember like last spring-ish around then when we would see the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile yes. all around campus yeah, all do. the time? That's, it's
3: exactly that, except it's for the peanuts. <laughs> wow,
2: plant planters just taking their uh, copycat game we to a, a whole other level there. We got a nut there. truck. We got an info <that>?
3: session on <laughs> oh Thursday. God. So let's all let's all go to that info session. Bring our resumes and cover letters. L- little you know?
1: shameless promotion uh, there for the nut mobile. Yeah, gotta help
2: out my friend. You know
3: <laughs> that is
1: that is nutty. And you know what else? is nutty i heard that joey badass came on late this weekend and yes. people were worried he was going to pull a fetty wap right no. so so
2: basically what happened is there's a an event called cues for good where they brought together a bunch of panelists a bunch of speakers and a bunch of performers and one of those happened to be uh, rapper hip-hop star joey badass and i didn't go to the concert. Personally, but I, was I know there. Charlie did, so yeah. I'll let you fill in the the details
1: and give yeah. the people an understanding of what happened with Fetty Wap. So this contest, yeah. There. Okay,
3: so yeah, what happened with Fetty Wap was he was basically brought on to do Juice Jam, which we have two concerts every year in Syracuse, two big ones, one in the fall, one in the spring, and he was supposed to headline the fall and just never showed up. Apparently, he was late for his flight or something. You know how rappers are.
1: We were just waiting out there for an hour though. And oh yeah, they no, came one stage, and no one knew. We definitely
2: know exactly how rappers are, right? right. We're all yeah, rappers here. Exactly. Yeah,
3: we all we all know how they are. But uh, anyway. So I'm I'm sitting there. There's like an MC out there just like playing random songs, and everyone's just starting to chant, "We want Joey." And it's been, and my friend who works for UU is like, "Oh, he's supposed to come in at 10:15." So 10:15 passes, then 10:30 passes, and then it's like around 10:45, and now everyone's growing tired. And then eventually, I I, I don't know exactly the time, probably around 10:45, 11 o'clock. Uh, he comes out, and he comes out right away, plays comes some of his famous songs, and then all of a sudden he just asks for a big mosh pit. And now there's a whole mosh pit. And I'm like, obviously, you know how I am. I'm a big guy. And I just started shoving kids. And I just like made my way up to the second row. And then the whole time... The next mosh pit that happened, I just grabbed the kid in front of me and threw him behind me. And then I got to like the front row of Joey Badass. It was awesome. My, okay. Mind
2: you, this this is all happening in the basement of, of our student Sh- center. Where we
3: also are right now. He was actually hanging out in Jabberwocky Cafe, which is where we host our
2: Shout show. out to the WERW studio. We're here in the basement of the Shine Student Center near the Jabberwocky Cafe. We're in our little corner. And uh, Joey Badass was over in his big stage corner a couple of days ago with Charlie in the front row. Yeah.
1: But what is up with Syracuse as a university getting rappers who are late or bailing or all the above? I mean, Travis even didn't come on time. He he didn't come on stage on time for Juice Jam or for, yeah, for Block Party Mayfest. Exactly. Block Party, yes. Hey, so it, yeah, they, and Big Mensa never came for a Mayfest. Exactly. I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe rappers are just... Untimely. They don't like the cold. Maybe they, they
2: don't, don't like, like the, the cold. cold. That's yeah, what it is. Nobody wants to come to Syracuse. They're all from <laughs> L.A.,
1: so. Yeah, like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I understand it a little bit. Um, so let's talk the NFL draft. Let's get right into it. You were telling me, Charlie, before the show that there were some reports about Kirk Cousins and the Jets wanting to make some changes as far as trading up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so
3: no, not. Well, for Kirk Cousins, what the Jets want to do, what, which Rich uh, Semeny is. Uh, those are separate ideas. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so basically what I think they should do Is they should draft Baker Mayfield at six and sign AJ McCarron or McCown, and then have Baker learn under them. But what the Jets want to do, according to Samini, who's the ESPN writer for um, the Jets, he says that the Jets are willing to pay whatever for Kirk Cousins, and if that means twenty or twenty-five million a year, that means twenty or twenty-five million a year.
2: Well, well, here is where I agree and disagree with you. I think that AJ McCarron is actually going to hold out until the end of free agency and sign with a team who's going to pay him 20 to 25 million dollars a year. Like it's like the Mike Glennon effect. Like he's a, a below average quarterback in the NFL but still a better player than a lot of teams have starting. So, I would have my namesake getting a 20 to 25 million dollar deal by the end of free agency. Oh, no way. I I just can't see that happening. I don't I know the Mike Glennon
3: effect is all that and you know Nick Foles got paid big when he First left Philly after doing unbelievable, but it's just it's just the Jets need someone to be a veteran presence and eventually bring on a rookie. The only problem is they've been zero for two on drafting quarterbacks. But recently. Charlie, as, Gino. Far, as, as Gino far
1: as and and Hackenberg, as far as paying AJ, uh, what AJ was bringing up. Uh, Garoppolo has started seven games in his NFL career and is now the yeah, highest-paid highest wa- player in the NFL. How times you lost, None, but the point is he's the highest-paid player but, in the but NFL. But he, he
3: took a San Francisco 49ers team that was below average and never lost a game with them. And
1: but you say never like he played twenty seasons with the team. I'm just—it's been seven hey, games. But it's with a 49ers team that's so below no average no that one is, they would have won two with games. Wide rec-
2: with wide receivers that might as well be in Division two football.
1: Sure, but no one's saying AJ McCarron should be getting the biggest contract in the NFL. No, We're just saying no, as far no. as him getting paid, oh, nothing's you off the table. At I this mean, like he's.
2: Uh, like 10,
3: 12 million a year maybe
2: well every, every team is looking for a starting quarterback if they don't have one if, if they don't have a franchise quarterback already shoot in, you're always looking for that guy. if you if you're a team like the Jets, if you're a team like the Cardinals, one of these guys one of these organizations that doesn't have a franchise stud like Joe Flacco, <laughs> yeah, but I would go ahead and sign some. Okay,
3: but like AJ McCarron is also in a pretty deep free agency class. There's Drew Brees, who's a well, free agent. Well, who's going to re-sign in New Orleans? Okay, Case Keenum. Are we sold mm, on Keenum? Are we? I think so. I mean, I just think Jeff Fisher is such a bad like head coach that such a bad head coach that uh, you know when Case Keenum and Nick Foles both left St. Louis or now LA, but when they were in St. Louis, they did well. And I think Case Keenum is is a maybe he's not the most talented quarterback, but he's a very feasible older veteran quarterback. That if you draft a rookie, you can bring on. Yeah, okay. but
2: like the same deal with Drew Brees. I have no inclination in, in the Vikings getting rid of Keenum, especially with their two other quarterbacks being basically in a wheelchair.
3: And then you have Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford, who are also free agents. I mean, like I, I understand Sam Bradford gets hurt every time, and we don't know what Teddy can do. But there's still feasible quarterbacks out there that you know are on the level of AJ McCarron and. I just think that there's so much competition that I don't know if AJ gets as paid as much as a Jimmy G or, you know, another well, quarterback I, like that. I don't that.
2: see I don't see him getting a long term deal. But if someone's willing to shell out 20 million for McCarran for one season to see what he's got, I don't I I think that's very feasible. What about Josh McCown? What
3: do you, uh, how much? Do you think well, we gets? know what Josh McCown. We know has Josh. Got, but I think that's and, the and
2: Josh McCown is another one of those guys who's worth uh, 15 to 20 million dollars for one season, especially for a contender without a quarterback. You know, think about the Arizona Cardinals, for example. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 just,
3: I don't know. I just like, there's so many quarterbacks there that I just don't know if 15 to 20 million. That's a, that's a hefty price to pay. And if you're going to draft a quarterback, maybe it's smart to get one of those guys to do that. Especially Josh, Josh McCown is apparently one of the most uh, intelligent quarterbacks, and no, and obviously he's not the most talented, but he's smart. And that's something that you want to have your younger quarterbacks learn under. And and he maybe will get more a little bit more than AJ McCarron. But AJ McCarron hasn't proved anything to us yet. He right. hasn't
1: had the opportunity. Them accounts had opportunity yeah, so, after opportunity. but that's
3: why you're not. Maybe you get a one-year or two-year deal worth 12 and a half a year, ten a year. You prove yourself, and then you get paid big.
1: Okay, that's. I mean, that's fair. I'm more. I'm more fair. siding with you than I am with AJ as far as a twenty million dollar deal for AJ McCarron. But you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I can see it happening. Is what right. I'm saying. I wouldn't. I mean, do yeah. It, you never. Right. You never know what the free agency bucks and how desperate teams are. Exactly. But as far which, as those teams, which they are desperate. Very, very. And in the NFL, if you're not competing for Super Bowls you're desperate and you, you need a franchise quarterback exactly. you all that. right you, I mean essentially every Super Bowl team we've seen has had a franchise quarterback outside of this year like this year is an exception to what's a general rule
3: yeah, and there might be what one or two in this year's draft that could be right so let's, let's let's
1: move on to the draft let's talk about that you're looking at Josh Rosen Sam Darnold Baker Mayfield Lamar Jackson Josh Allen there's a lot of quarterbacks at the top end of this draft who are you guys hot on who do you like what do you think's going to go down
3: I mean, I, I, I am very much sold on Baker Mayfield. I, I consider him, and like I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I think he's going to be the next Drew Brees. I think that this kid has one of the best arms that, are, that is coming out. He doesn't have the size, which we always see hurts potential. But for once, it's not actually affecting his draft stock. He's projected to go in the top 10. Baker Mayfield, I mean, if you look at pro football focus's most efficient seasons as a college quarterback, Baker Mayfield owns not only the number one most incredible season, As or most efficient season, but the number two. This kid is efficient as it gets. He's got legs. He's smart in the pocket. He is very hard to tackle. I just don't see any other quarterback that can match him as far as production goes. Now,
2: here, here, I I agree with you, Charlie. I do. I think Baker Mayfield is one of the most elite prospects coming out in the draft this season. But where I see a problem with him is coming into a team where they put all of the pressure on his shoulders to start day one, game one, and him just not being ready to face NFL-type talent. I mean, you saw it happen in Cleveland with Johnny Manziel. He was an elite prospect coming into the NFL. He, hold, he held two of the best seasons in, in college football But not history. efficiency-wise.
3: Like, he was a very good quarterback, and he put up, like, Big numbers, and so did Geno Smith. I mean, like there are guys that do that, and he also had a way worse. I mean, Baker Mayfield does have attitude problems. We're not. We're we're gonna. We're we're like. I know that's where you're going uh, with it. He does.
2: No, it's not the fact that he has attitude problems. It's just the fact that I don't see him coming into an NFL team day one, getting a starting position, and excelling
1: in the league. There are a lot of question marks about Mayfield. I wouldn't say that there's anything to indicate he can't be successful in the NFL, but I do think that there's enough question marks that don't warrant him being the first quarterback taken in this draft.
3: But how many how many quarterbacks do you how many quarterbacks do you think Think, do, you, do you think, in recent memory, start out starting day one and becoming a franchise quarterback? There, there are not many.
1: I know, right? And I, I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm not Joe saying that he doesn't. Flacco. <laughs> Period. Super Bowl champion, And, Joe MVP. and MVP. elite MVP. quarterback, right.
2: MVP, Joe Flacco.
1: I'm just saying, when you look at Baker Mayfield to me, and I think that the Johnny Manziel comparison is something that gets brought up a little unfairly to Mayfield a lot of times. Mayfield has a different type of arm strength than Johnny Manziel. Oh, yeah. But when it comes, so their totally. off-field personas are fairly similar as far as what they look like in the public eye. Maybe Manziel has and some I love problems. I, problems I, love, I, I love that too. I love but it. When, you, when you look at what Mayfield's done on the field, he's got arm strength and he's smarter than Manziel on the field. But Charlie, when you talk about efficiency... I think you have to consider, and this doesn't mean that he's inefficient or that it's all a fluke, but you have to consider the Big 12 is by far the worst defensive conference in Power 5 football. I mean, he's going up against some atrocious defenses. But you saw him against, I mean, you saw him in the
3: college football playoffs. Like, it wasn't him them losing that game to Georgia was not his fault at all. No, he it, was, ripped, it wasn't he, him. He the ripped defense. through one of the best defenses in college football, and he ripped them apart, especially in the first half. Granted, a second half was slow, and that was a whole momentum change, and Oklahoma's defense, as you say, isn't good. But he ripped through
1: SEC SEC defense that is rega- highly regarded as one of the best in college football. I, I, year, wait, which is right, why I'm, right. I'm not saying that it's fluky, and I'm not saying that he can't do it. I'm just saying to look at a season of work and say, look how efficient he was. You have to have to look at the teams he played all season and I mean, look how bad they are. And
3: then you think about what? Josh Allen comes from Wyoming. There's no teams there. I'm not, I'm not well, on Josh well, Allen either. Hold oh, on,
1: I'm, on. I'm big on Josh so, Allen. I
2: love Josh Allen. All right, Allen. let's
1: hear the case for Josh Allen.
2: Well, let, so so Josh Allen, he's he's big, he's tall, he's strong, he has an accurate arm. He, he, he is also another one of those very efficient quarterbacks. I get that he's coming out of Wyoming where he's, where he's basically playing JV-type talent. Except this year he was inefficient. That's the problem. But but Josh Allen is getting these comparisons to guys like John Elway. Like that's a comparison that you you can't overlook. That's just something that I can't I, I can't buy into. I just think that that scouts
3: fall in love with guys with that are big with big arms. And I think that big that's hands. What, big I, hands, big that's hands. Big hands it doesn't
2: matter. Josh Allen
3: well, if you has can not proven anything football, to that, us. That
2: that's a tight spiral.
3: But it it doesn't matter. It just <laughs> it's a doesn't great start. To, to me it it's just doesn't it does not it does not matter because <laughs> Josh Allen is just one of those prototypical coming from a small conference. They're like, "Oh, Carson Wentz. You know, he came from a small team."
2: Yeah, but, but look at Carson Wentz. But but it, how many of those
1: Carson Wentz's work out? Never. Well, Car- Never. How, how many of the Carson Wentz's are a top two NFL draft prospect? Well, I'm not sold on Josh. Josh I'm not either. even For, close to, to sold. Yeah, exactly. Head. To me, the, the issue is that he had a, a really solid first year when he went on everyone's radar, and now after the second year of being on people's radar. He was awful, and there's a lot of excuses for it. His offensive line play was poor, whatever the case may be, yada, yada. I look at another quarterback in this draft who had one of the worst offensive lines in the country, in Josh Rosen, and he doesn't get nearly those kinds of excuses. People say, oh, he throws picks at the wrong times. His offensive line was just as bad as as Josh Allen's. He was going up against much better talent, and there's no excuses being made for him. So I know I'm a UCLA homer at times, but I watched this guy every single game that he played in for the past three years, and... He's a gamer. First and foremost, he's a gamer. But I, they, they were they were six and seven last year. They were six and seven. A franchise quarterback, a future quarterback that's going to be do an you, NFL type. Pro- I don't. Do you I, just 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 answer me this? Do you know where UCLA ranked rushing the ball in the country among all FBS teams? No, probably near the low because they, they weren't good at one point last, and they were in the bottom three all season. But it, so I, if it, you literally cannot run the football as a team, if you're averaging under three yards, you're, to carry you're as a forcing
2: the throw fifty times a game.
3: But but if you're if you're an NFL quarterback in a league of college
1: amateurs, you should be able to break apart a defense. Do you know? Also, who led power five quarterbacks who are draft eligible in drops per catchable pass thrown?
3: Probably yeah. Josh, mean, Rosen. I mean, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Yeah. His
1: receivers led the country in drops. His running backs were the worst in the country. He threw the ball forty times a game and managed to win six games doing it, missing two of them at the uh, end. So
2: of the so the real question that we're we're asking ourselves here, is it gonna be a twin Josh, top two pick NFL draft.
3: Pro- I mean, prob- I don't think Allen will, but I think maybe Rosen. Rosen's does.
1: going to the Giants at two. I don't know. I think Browns Saquon Barkley might go to the Giants at two. The,
2: the, well, the, <laughs> the, the I think Barkley's going to go at four to the Browns.
3: I no. I don't think he drops past three. I don't. I just ju- Saquon Barkley. What about Chubb? Saquon Barkley is the best. The best player in this draft. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, but Hands he's down. at but
1: he's at the most readily available position as well.
3: Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it this way, if if the Browns. Sign or do something at quarterback in the offseason, then there's no way they shouldn't draft Saquon Barkley. One the Browns are gonna draft a quarterback, yeah. Well, unless they sign one,
1: I think they're gonna draft a quarterback. And
3: okay, even if they do, right? They, if they, if they, or they get Mika Mika Fitzpatrick is the best defensive back and he's a game changing quarterback. I just don't know if they're gonna go quarterback right now, especially because of how much, like, how much no success they've had. Drafting quarterbacks yeah, in the Yeah,
2: well, they're, they're one of the most scrutinized teams, clearly, in right. terms of developing quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen time and time again that they've just been completely unable to get a quarterback in the first or second round, develop them into a franchise player. Uh, but, I mean, I guess it's tr- just try and fail for them because at one of these points, it's going to have to work out. I mean, John, and, and the other thing is, is and like this is obviously
3: I'm circling a little bit back, but if— For me, if I'm looking at a quarterback, I want a guy that is very efficient, a guy that knows how to win at the college level, and a guy that that can dominate – not only in college, but that you think can dominate in the NFL, and I just don't see Josh Rosen doing
1: it. Josh that. Rosen had three different offensive coordinators in all three years playing at the college level. I just he I, has one of the best arms we've seen in college football, and honestly, seven. in one of the in that's, the last decade. Six and seven with one of the with one of the worst teams. Okay, Ben in Ben P5. Simmons
2: played in LSU and never even point. made the tournament. It's the NBA. It is totally
3: different. It's easier
1: it's to sports, win as an individual in basketball. I think that's it, but, even but a the better. The quarterback, example. the
3: quarterback is the most important p- position in college football, and point guard's the most important in basketball. Ben Simmons is, is a mix between a point guard. And all right, we're a point getting forward. way off track yeah. here. Okay, Let's just, let, me, let me just bring this back also because we all talked about Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Baker Mayfield.
1: We're leaving off I'm, Sam Darnold and the, the Lamar Jackson. Sam, Sam Darnold,
3: who a lot of scouts have and, and analysts have going number one.
1: Right and so so Darnold's another guy I've watched a lot I get Pac12 network Yeah, I, mean, back yeah home, I, I love right? I love him SC's Darnold on well, I love watching him play. The thing about Darnold and I think Darnold is a really talented quarterback and turns I think it he over is a lot. I, what he turns it over a lot exactly but I think he has a chance to be very successful at the NFL level. My biggest thing with Darnold is that he as far as these quarterbacks in the draft is the best quarterback by a wide margin for 5 to 6 plays a game. When he's outside of the pocket, when he does something miraculous like what Aaron Rodgers can do outside of the I pocket, bigger Mayfield. Can but do that when too. he's in the pocket, can he be the best quarterback in the draft? Can you can you teach a quarterback? for ninety percent of the game? Can you teach a quarterback to make better decisions and hold on to the
3: football more? That's the biggest question because what Sam Darnold? Left, I'm pretty sure Sam Darnold was among the worst quarterbacks, turnover wise. If you count and, fumbles, and all, yes. Well, with, well, all of the, all of football. Not college football. Not D1, D2, D3. He was among the worst. Right. Well, that is
2: completely testament to one of my arguments for why Josh Allen is going to be a better player in the NFL than Sam Darnold. And that is one thing and one thing only. Hand size. (laughs)
0: You come back to it
2: again. Sam Darnold has some of the smallest hands coming into the NFL draft in the history of first-round prospects. Josh Allen, on the other hand,
1: literal other hand, is bigger. (laughs) I I think we're also neglecting to talk about Lamar Jackson a little bit, and I think there's yeah, a lot of conversation about right. what position he fits in in the NFL. If his frame's too small, I think Lamar Jackson has a real chance to be a good NFL quarterback, if not a great NFL quarterback. I'm not saying that he <sighs> will be because I don't it's, know that his play style translates. Yeah. But it's not a matter of his ability to accomplish things. He might be one of the most effective. Passers have a, effective, not efficient. Effective in the sense that when he flicks his wrist, he can throw the ball the length of the field yeah. on on a laser, and on, if you, on a rope. if
2: you look at this guy just in person, you would never be able to guess that this guy can throw a fifty-yard bomb downfield. Exactly, down the
1: field. and he's got speed that yeah. almost nobody can match. I mean, so when you have talent like that, I think that you always have a chance. We saw we, I mean, we saw him against
3: Syracuse multiple times, and we saw right. him break apart Syracuse multiple times. Right, but the the thing that concerns me the most about Lamar Jackson is that he played in a relatively weak ACC right, for, for three years. Correct. Yeah. He played in a relatively weak ACC. Yeah. And then when he gets that one chance in a bowl game this year, he threw four interceptions, and they lost by four. That that game should not—they should have beaten Mississippi State. They I, Lamar Jackson just kind of broke down on on national television.
1: Right. I mean, when you get him against teams that know how to stop the option plays and contain him as a runner, and you force him to pass and solely be a passer, he becomes very ineffective. I think that if you get him in the right offense in the NFL with a creative coach, I think there's a lot he can do. I also think he can be very disappointing if you don't get him in the right place. And it just depends where he ends up. Totally. It, it's definitely going to have a big yeah I could
2: see him going anywhere from, from the early second round, late, late first round to... Early third round. Yeah. I mean, maybe in the fourth. It depends on how the team. I mean, it's very tough when you're looking at drafting these mobile quarterbacks into the NFL, especially after we've seen what happens to the likes of, you know, Michael Vick with his injury, Robert Griffin the third with his injury. It's just so hit or miss. With if these guys are going to come in and be able to stay healthy, stay on the field, perform at the same level that they did in the NCAA, and ultimately become good NFL players,
3: and that's why a lot of them go to wide receiver, running back. That's why Braxton Miller is a wide receiver now. Right, a, he and- just reminds me. Bra- he just reminds me too much of an Ohio State typical quarterback that has legs. That's going to be. Draft in the NFL and transition to a different position.
1: But I don't think Braxton Miller, as great of a quarterback as he was, and he was a great quarterback in college, could flick the ball. I mean, it's really just, it looks like he puts no effort into it. One step in the pocket, and I'm, he can put it the limit. Yeah, length no, of the oh, field. He, he's
3: a lot better all around. The just
1: strength is incredible. That's what it is to me. But I just, he's not as accurate as other quarterbacks are in this draft. I agree with that. So I think he, I, I don't think that Lamar Jackson at this point should consider converting to another position, I think he should pursue quarterbacks. So, totally. so
3: the way, the way I want to end this segment is I want you all, and I'll do it last, give me your top three quarterbacks in this draft that you think are going to be the three best in the NFL.
1: In order? In, in or order. In order. In order. Okay. Okay, well, I, I'll i start off. I'll go Rosen, Donald Mayfield, and I think Donald Mayfield is subject to a flip.
2: Uh, I, I go Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and then Rosen.
1: Okay. And I think— Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, and Sam Darnold. Okay. So I mean I think that there's a there's a fair amount of overlap there. I'm just I mean, and I think Josh Allen has the tools to be successful, but he's so raw. And the NFL yeah. is not a development friendly league in my mind. That's the issue. Yeah, well it. well, he could turn out to be Carson Wentz, or he could turn out to be Brock Osweiler. The, the issue to me is that Carson Wentz, and, and we will wrap it up, but Carson Wentz developed and was prepared for the NFL level very quickly. Right. Yes. Whereas most players don't have the opportunity to develop playing against NFL talent because fans and Organizations are very impatient in the NFL. Let's move on to the betting table. Favorite segment. Let's Favorite go, segment. Baby. How did we do this week? I was two and one. I also think I went two and one. Back from the and, zero and three and, grind. And I went one and two. <laughs> so where does that put us? I mean,
2: so we're still pretty much. I, I, I'm at four and two now. I I think you and I may be tied for first place if that's correct. Wait, did, did you go? You, you didn't go three and zero
1: oh? oh the first week. Did I go three and zero? Oh? No, you didn't.
2: So
3: oh, you can't well, be four and two. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I'm 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 two and four. <laughs> do we have? I had the I two? had that zero and three. Let me pull this up. I'm at five
1: hundred here. But yeah, I mean. Just a recap, so we, we did... Week one, you went two and one. AJ went two correct, and one. Correct, correct. Charlie went 0-3, and, yeah. and I went two and one. This so, week, I went two and one again, so, you're so four I'm four and two. And
3: two. AJ's AJ. three and three, and I'm two and four. Okay. All right. So I like the way Ryan, that sounds. The, lead, the
2: leader of through week two.
3: To recap what we did, uh, we had Syracuse, NC State, and I was the only one that chose NC State. And NC State obviously beat them down the stretch. Uh, the other game was Villanova-Xavier, and me and Ryan took Nova, and they handedly beat Xavier by like 20 and the last one Just was like they did the first time yeah and, and and the last one was team LeBron team Steph and I had Steph and they both had LeBron and Steph's team broke down at the end of the game and LeBron won the MVP it's, and it's like, like they every decided game to ever play defense every 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 game ever every season ever LeBron James comes alive and comes back and wins other than the Warriors super team <laughs> but so I guess this week uh first game on the slate our old, uh, Going back to the nice little hometown Syracuse Orange. Home against the number 10 North Carolina Tar Heels. Now, AJ, I know you have a pretty, pretty different pick than us, so I'll let you go first.
2: All right, here's the way that I see this. Coming down the stretch, Jimmy B's Orange are going to come out strong in the Carrier Dome and put the beat down on the Wolf Pack and come out, Tar Heels. excuse me, the Tar Heels. Wow. They did not put the beat down yeah, on the Wolfpack. They, <laughs> they, they lost did the not Wolfpack. put the beat down on the Wolf Pack. I met Tar Heels, but I do believe Syracuse is going to come up with a huge upset win and put themselves in a pretty good position uh, going forward into the tournament season. And
3: I, I disagree with that fully. I saw Syracuse host NC State and saw Syracuse host Virginia, and both times they looked like a below average team. And NC State, or NC State, sorry, NC, now you're getting me on that whole Wolfpack yeah, thing. Sorry
2: about that. It's the <laughs> NC, you know. Yeah,
3: and, and, and North Carolina, I just think, is going to come out strong. They are way too good of a team all around to lose to a Syracuse team like this.
1: Yeah, I don't see any way that Syracuse wins this game. I mean, listen, Syracuse is an upset team. That's what they I, do. They upset people. I was just going to so tell you. so I think you. that there's some validity in what you're saying, but everything indicates that North Carolina is going to win this game. When Syracuse has played top talent this season, when they've competed with Kansas, when they've competed with Virginia, they have haven't just looked bad, but they've looked atrocious. And I anticipate that while Q's has improved, they're probably not going to come out looking like a team possessed against UNC. So I'm definitely betting UNC in this game. That game is Wednesday at 7 p.m. Also Wednesday at 7 p.m., we're picking Michigan at Penn State. Charlie, why don't you start us off with your pick on that game? Yeah,
3: I'm going with the Nittany Lions basketball squad. This team has been just a surprise this year. They were always a below-average team. They have wins They have beaten Ohio State twice. They beat Ohio State at home by 23 uh, two games ago. They also have have pulled close to Michigan State, and they were up 10 at half before blowing the lead in the second half, and they only lost by three to Purdue in Purdue on Sunday, yesterday. I think Penn State is putting it all together down the stretch of the season. They've won four of their last five, and they're home against Michigan, who is a very beatable team, and Tony Carr is playing Bonkers right now. I think Penn State's going to roll to another win and secure their spot in the NCAA tournament with
1: a dub on Wednesday night. For me, Michigan, like you, as you mentioned that that Penn State has beaten Ohio State twice. Michigan has also beaten Ohio State. Michigan also lost to Ohio State once, but they did beat Ohio State just a couple of days ago. Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday. exactly. Michigan's two combined losses against Purdue. They lost on Tuesday, January 9th. Number five, Purdue, they lost by one point, And they lost Thursday, January 25th to Purdue. Number three, Purdue, they lost by four, four points. points. We're looking at a five-point spread in their two losses to Purdue. Purdue is without question, one of the most competitive, one of the best teams in college basketball. I think that this Michigan team has been trending in the right direction. I think they've gotten consistently better after every game they've played this season, and they've shown a lot of growth. Most of their losses were on the early part of the season. I think that this Michigan team is going to beat Penn State.
2: And Ryan, I really do have to agree with you there. Uh, Not only coming from a little bit of a Michigan fan here, I really enjoy uh, watching B-Lane's squad play, and Zach Irvin is a stud at guard for them. Uh, they have been coming off of some big wins. They beat Ohio State and Iowa, and uh, now I see them
1: winning this uh, this week against Penn State. And then our last pick for the betting table this week, Bucks at Raptors, Friday, 730, NBA action. Who you guys got?
2: Well, uh, right off the bat here, I'm going to pick the best team in the NBA right now, which is the Toronto Raptors. Based off of what? Based on based- Based off of their past two weeks, they're the hottest team besides, you know, maybe arguably besides the Jazz. They're the hottest team in basketball. Hottest, sure, but best, no. Okay, hottest, best team right now. It's the Rockets same, synonymous.
1: Rockets and Warriors. I don't think you can make a case that there's anyone but those two at the. Top okay, two all right. I'm
2: not. I'm. I'm not trying to argue with you. Who, best who's team the in best East. team in the East? Best NBA, team in right? the East. They, they are <laughs> the best team in the East right now. They're not getting the press covers that they deserve because they're in Canada. All because right, they're right. in Toronto. They have one of the best backcourts, if not the best backcourt in the NBA. Uh, with Lowry and DeRozan, I, I don't see a way that they lose at home against against the Greek Freak.
3: Yeah, I agree with AJ on this one. Their last loss was February 1st in Washington, and they've Sheesh. won nine of their last ten.
2: Go Wizards, baby.
3: Nine of the last ten. I just, especially coming out of the All-Star break, this team is, it was unconscious. I know there might be a little bit of a skid, you know, not having to play it for a week, but I just think at home with a team that's 41-16, and 16, the Raptors are going to roll to another win.
1: I do think that the Raptors are going to be competitive in this game, but I'm going to take the Bucks. I think Giannis is going to be too much for them to handle, and I think that the Bucs are going to win this game. Maybe not handily, and it's definitely going to be a toss-up, but I take the Bucks in this game. Thank you for listening. This has been the post-game on WERW. We'll see you next week. See you next yeah, week. Thank
0: you.